0: Shut up, and sit down. This is
1: the Muscle and the Hustle Podcast. Yo, hope you're good. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Muscle and the Hustle podcast. We're just gonna dive straight in this, and this ma- this episode is just gonna be literally non-scripted. We're just gonna run questions at Mickey, and hopefully nothing too personal comes out, and we have to cut it. So, <laughs> look, we'll just dive in straight the bat. There's loads of people that would be coming from like sort of my end and be like, right, well, who is Mickey? What's he like? People know you're a DJ, right? That's the basics. But yeah. who actually? Or are you like where? Where are you from? Give us, give us, give give people a rundown if they have no clue who you are. What's the best way to describe yourself apart from obviously scruffy?
0: I uh, scruffy. I uh, scruffy. I'm badly in need of a haircut at the moment. Um, well, I'm Mickey Quinn, originally from Oma. Um, and if anybody does know, that, it's in Tyrone, God's country. Um, and yeah, I've been DJing now for a for a long time. Don't even, I can't even care. Fifteen, sixteen years, maybe at least. So yeah, I'm a DJ, Uh, move to Belfast back and forth every so often, Uh, get sick of Belfast, cower down back home, uh, make poor decisions, move down back home, you know, the usual. Uh, But yeah, pretty much, DJ, producer, um, do a right bit around the club scene in Ireland, and then also do stuff abroad, Ibiza, different countries, Australia, stuff
1: yeah and would you like i'm I'm sure a good couple of people are like would have would have grasped me is there any like hobbies or is there anything else you do whenever you've got spare time fitness yeah, DJing.
0: big into my fitness um doesn't look like it, but i love going <laughs> to the gym uh love eating that's probably that's probably why I have to go to the gym I'm not really <laughs> a big drinker, but do like the odd odd drink
1: I think um, that's a bit even when you're DJing do you have no,
0: nah, no drink. No, nah, not really, no. Uh in I and and an IBIFA would have drinks in Ireland and my gigs I'd say <sighs> twice a year, maybe drink. Uh, you like, can't get loaded, can you? Oh yeah, you can get fucking absolutely sideways if you want, click. <laughs> like I I've had gigs where like beat a pretty bad neck, click. You know. You no, know, it's just shit happens, and you no know, stuff. Get- it's normally like normally like a couple of gigs I had in Scotland. Like the guy who owned the venue bring us out for you know they bring you out for dinner and all before, and like they get you absolutely fucking annihilated. Like they be you know it's not like buying drinks, it's buying bottles. So the like you, you could have balls of vodka, balls of Jack Daniels, balls of gin, and by the time you go on, like they could take you out for dinner at eight or nine, and you mightn't be DJing at, like two a.m you have only 60 minutes to get through but by that stage you've been drinking with him all night or have been drinking with him and his friends all night and then when you go on the dj you know it's fucking it can be tough like
1: (laughs) oh yes it sounds like a really tough job
0: (laughs) it's tough to keep your shit together for that 60 minutes Uh, and not fucking not absolutely make a tool of yourself because i have seen people make a tool of themselves before but thankfully i always have that i always have that line that i'll never cross
1: yeah, it's important to know that. Like, I think whenever you dive into that, like, has there been any like bad moments with like, has there been a worst gig? Because I'm sure people love, like, people know about like you DJ interview, and they definitely know that's a high moment. But I'm a fucker for asking people, like, has there been like a holy fuck, what the fuck's going on here at a gig or oh, something? Yeah,
0: yeah, 100%. Us, um,
1: people definitely want to know. Give us a couple.
0: I did a, I did a gig a few years ago for a club I used to play in. It was around the 12th of July and the electric kept going out. So I was in the middle of playing, and fucking, boom, power down. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Playing away again, got it up and going. Fuck, I was weird. Boom, power down. So I called the owner, and I was like, here, can't, this can't go on. Like, it's, the power's dropping every 20 minutes. Right, mm-hmm. right. Keep it going anyway. People aren't noticing. I was like, no, people are fucking noticing. Like, <laughs> like it's going pure dead for 20, 30 <laughs> seconds, and then everything's come back on again. Just that happened that was that was a rough one. Um last year the club, A level results night, biggest night of the year, probably sixteen hundred people. Um the DJ on before me. Uh I don't know what the fuck he was doing. But he jumped up and hit something was foot, broke a lead of something and went to pull the push the lead back into the, whatever he broke it out of and it gave him an electric shock and fucking he put him through a wall. <laughs> And it put out the whole the whole electric in the venue. <laughs> and uh,
1: what, like for the night, they're just for a... for
0: about uh, a good twenty minutes anyway.
1: Will you had... just stand up? I I can just imagine you stand on top going. I well, I had me
0: taking a few videos and put But the people were having that much crack that they didn't really mind. And then we ran a few like leads and got it sorted. Ran a few like there was there was one part of the venue that the electric was still on, so we had to run like an extension lead to there. The the thing wasn't solved. Like two days later, the electricians had a massive job to because I was back at the same venue. This was a Thursday night. I was back at the same venue on the Saturday and they had just got it sorted. Uh but yeah, the shit that got happens and there's also shit like people not turning up to gigs. That still happens. Doesn't matter how you know how you perceive yourself as being popular. If it's a bad night, people aren't going out it happens, you know, we've all had bad gigs and they still continue to happen they're probably the hardest ones, you know, when the people don't show up, because you feel like, you feel shit for the venue, that have to pay you for a shit turnout and then you feel shit for yourself because you've, you've put time and effort to to prepare for this gig and then there's nobody there, and you're just like, oh fuck.
1: Does that happen? Like, Does many not be, like, I'm, do you know what I mean? It that happens something?
0: less and less for me, but it does happen, like it's happened maybe once why, once this year, um, yeah. and that was pure down to a storm in Belfast. That's, like, you know, that's we mad. we knew we knew it was going to be shit. Thankfully, we pulled the pin on it early because the whole city was fucked. But there were be some boys that, and I know when I started out, the shitter gigs. You know, you're lucky to have twenty or thirty people there. But I always had the mindset, and it was instilled in me young. If there's if there's twenty people there, you got to make sure the twenty people are having fun. Yeah. Instead of some boys no. who go off, well, fuck no, fuck it, I'm not playing. Like I've had international DJs booked the play places Um, you're shouting five six grand DJs and 40 people's turned up and they're like I'm not fucking playing not playing that's embarrassing and I'm like right that's fair enough you're not playing Um, but I've also on the flip side of that uh, the international DJs that are four and five grand going fuck it I'm playing I don't care these 40 people are going to have the best night of their life because I'm going to make it personal to them yeah and that's the kind of, da- that's where, that's where
1: you have, you know, they're very different people in the industry. You you get that all over though. I think and I, that comes down to like personality. Like whenever you dive into like your personality, even people are probably like, they know you're sarcastic. They know you're funny. They know you go on like that. So I think that does come down to your morals and sort of how you've grown yeah. up.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of hide my drive and my work rate behind like humor and, know like i kind of give this persona that i'm lazy you know and i kind of like that But yeah. people go oh he's a oh look at him fucking he's a dj but like people don't know my work rate my work rate is stupid like i laugh when people say oh i work hard like you're probably the only person that i would go and go fuck you know he grinds like i had a song out right there on friday so thursday night it released midnight on thursday whatever um Straight away, I'm on the ball. I spent three, three and a half, four hours hitting up blogs, hitting up DJs, hitting up everyone that's going to be getting up that morning, that they're going to have that in their email box. Even though it might be it might be in a bundle with everybody else's emails. But I'm personally, even though the label does it too, and management does it as well, I'm personally sending them that email. So it's personally coming from me. I personally read it out. Right. It's not copy and paste. You know, have a bit of banter with them. If there's any sort of personal thing that I know about them, We'll ha- or we have a personal relationship, I'll have a back and forth, so it's not a copy and paste. I'll send it out. I'll hit my boys up on WhatsApp, all their DJs um, on WhatsApp as well. And then I'll hit the countries that are still awake, like Australia. I'll, hit, I'll tag all my Australians in it. So when I get up in the morning, I'll already have that head start. When Spotify really kicks in circa 9 a.m., I already have that base already done. I'll have that base covered. I'll have the Australians, the Asians will already be on that shit. Would, and then would when, s- when Ireland hits then, later on that day, start hitting the, the
1: Americas. Would you say it's a case of like, you always give that wee bit of extra percent that that adds up?
0: I don't know if it's that or it's just the fact that I'm a, I'm a big person about the whole no stone unturned. I hate having regrets, even from running events. Like I, I probably run more events in Belfast than most people. Like I run every student event out out of the Hatfield, done all their marketing for them, uh, as well as DJed on top of that. So I was running maybe two three student events a week, um, on my own as a one man team, and then also. Made like my day job, which was a night job, as a DJ, and also a like, consultant with other venues. Because once you get, you know, you get a you get a good name for yourself and your and your realm, and your success is there. Like the success or the Hatfields there to see when they opened the new venue upstairs. I came on board. Um, the success is there to see the Sundays and the Tuesdays. Fresher, she might be running fucking three events a day. You no know, refreshers. You're doing three events a day, and then over Christmas I'm running events down the country, and I'm DJing as well. Once people start seeing that success, they uh, I started consulting with a lot of venues, from hotels to to bars to brands to drink companies, and then you you realize that like if you don't put in maximum effort into everything, you're you're probably not going to get your you know what your investment back. You might think, oh shit, that never worked. that was just a bad idea and you're like no it wasn't I did everything possibly to make that succeed it didn't succeed it's either the timing was bad or it is just not never going to work and I'm a firm believer that you know even though something failed miserably it might have just been down to complete timing 100% like a bars there's a bar in Belfast Shiro that was closed it's closed a couple of years now never worked never worked and I still believe that was one of the best bars concepts ever to come to Belfast but right, it was just, was it? it was like a Japanese fusion bar that done like real cool cocktails and stuff, but it was too ahead of its time. It was far too ahead of its time But and it just failed miserably and they tried everything to get done, but it was just too ultra modern
1: for Belfast. See that, I think that's very, I think is, is that sort of like, I don't like saying do you have a motto? I don't really like that, but a case of, would you say like it's a case of like leave no stone unturned is what you would stick by? Yeah, what would you say? There's, no, that, yeah. that, that is
0: my model. I like that. If if I leave no stone unturned, I've said it before to like owners of venues. You know, they've, they've had like... I can always tell if my phone goes off at two in the morning on a Saturday night when I'm driving home from a gig and it's an owner of a venue, I can tell straight away they've had a howler. They're freaking out. I get a phone call. It happens a lot. Like, it's fucking... happens more than you think. I'm driving home from my gig and I get a phone call from an owner of a venue and fucking... Anywhere from Athlone to Cork to Dublin to to Toronto to Belfast and go, What what we like tonight? Oh Rams. I seen in your Snapchat story, I seen your Instagram. And they start asking you questions and talking. And you can tell that they're worried. And you're just like, What did you do to promote? Well we did this, did that and I was like, Is that it? Like, you know, I I was like, Did you leave anything on the table? Well, we could've did this. Like, well, there's one thing. call like, oh, we could have did that, we could have did this and I don't wanna go down the line of radio adverts is great because it's not your target market, clearly, like so you don't have to do that. So if you if you have a if you have a load of what ifs left on the table, you never know full potential. So I was always always in anything I done was like I'm not leaving what ifs. No, I'm sending that maybe cheeky email to a venue saying, Here, I wanna play your venue. Nine times out of ten they're not gonna get back to you now in the last few years they they normally always get back to me because of growing my brand. But at the start, I'd say I've easily sent a thousand emails with no response. Easy, a thousand emails, no response. And yes. now they're the same people that's fucking emailing me. And I won't hold a grudge to that because you know, I'm not the only person sending them emails. Loads of people are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You need to look at your. You need to look at it from their their perspective as well. A lot of people forget that. Like in case of if they're getting a thousand emails a day, how are they supposed to nitpick you out? Yeah, and no, hundred percent. I think that leaving no stone unturned. I actually really like that. I think I'm going to take that because it, it is sort of like the extra one or two percent that make the difference. But I actually quite like leave no stone unturned because it it just does mean like right. Well, what? what else is there you could possibly try just just give that a go and see does it work give that a go give that yeah no i really really do rate that like see with that sort of work drive and that sort of work i've like and hiding beside behind that pers- persona would you say you hide behind the, the lazy persona because you like whenever you you kick up like loads of like anthems and people are going holy fuck he actually works really hard or would you say it's actually like to, to slightly hide behind i'd just be curious i don't know um
0: I really don't know. I just kind of... Like lockdown, yeah. like people are saying, uh, you know, what are you doing? No gigs, no... And I'm like, well... I spend a lot of hours on the sofa. Watch a, watch a lot of TV. But I also work on music every single day. Uh, got instilled in me years ago by a pretty famous ghost producer. A ghost producer is someone who re- produces tracks for other people. Under, you know, their ghosts, so you don't know who they are. But he he taught me that he treats his music like a nine-to-five. So he gets up in the morning, nine o'clock goes to the studio. Does not leave the studio at five o'clock because that's what clock it off time and if you leave your normal job early, you're reprimanded. So he has the flexibility, yeah, but he treats it as a job. He doesn't treat it as a hobby. He doesn't treat it as a pastime. So that's where I like that idea but with everything else, in Ireland, like they're like, oh, you're a full-time DJ. That's fucking random. How can you make money doing that? They're like, but, Cause like DJing's a, a small part of the bigger bigger picture. Like there's production. Like there's very little money comes back from production. But there's deals you can say in deals. Like you you could be offered brand deals. Like I've I've had brand deals before. Like and like they've never been great brand deals. But they've been brand deals nonetheless. You know, people have sent me stuff. People have you know paid for p- product placement and a we small things. like that. and then you get corporate stuff. You know and I always kind of. I don't know if it was hiding behind a mask or making it look easy. I just kind of got on with it and did my work quietly, and then, bang, threw out of tune. They're like, "Fuck, where'd that come out of?" But then the people in the know, knew I was bubbling away in the background doing stuff. Like people would, like I, I fucked off to Australia there at Christmas to the on train day, and to probably some of my friends because I don't even like didn't even tell them. They were probably like. Uh, this calendar is away to party for three or four weeks, and I and I did I did a right bit of partying, but it was also like the track that came out there on Thursday inside. I started that track on the plane to Australia on Boxing Day morning, so on the plane Boxing Day morning I think it was a flight to Doha. I started that track, and then I did a bit more work of it, um, the day before new year's eve and then i pretty much finished the track before it was polished up maybe the second of january in australia in chinatown in a coffee shop
1: do you would it usually take you in around a week to make like a song or no is that completely um
0: i had the melody and all already done had the idea done uh the saxophone uh loop was there i don't know where i can't even like i had that for ages so it was just a fact of sitting down with no distractions and getting stuck in it. And it just so happened that um, Australia was... The, there was the option of going to Australia to see my friends and have a gig out in Australia. And also I knew that I had 24 hours on a plane where I had no distractions unless
1: I, I know I wanted the distractions. So do you, do you see when you're making a song? I'm sure a lot of people are curious. Like by the time it comes out, are you like fuck? I am sick of hearing
0: this. Normally, yeah, <laughs> uh, but not these songs. Funny enough, um, these songs grew on me so much that I knew every word. And you, yeah. it's it's weird that sometimes you can make a song and you know it, and you've listened to it that many times because you're listening to a four bar loop the whole time when you're making it. Um, which so is that's like a repetition of a couple of seconds, like stop Um, you know what I made Out, but. See, so when a song kind of hits you like, at a different level, like uh, like you're subconscious, you're singing along with Louis Capaldi in the car because you've heard that song so many times, you just know the words of it, and you're like, I don't even know how the fuck I know the words of that song. Yeah. But because you've heard it, them songs are kind of like that with me now, and that's when I knew those go- they were going to relatively go well because they've hit me in that point where I'm only, I've released now... One, two, three, four, five, six. five, six. This is my sixth song released. Second song released this year. And it's only the last two songs that I am actually probably proud of. The rest of them I could go, meh, they're alright. Like they're 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 just okay. Where these ones I'm proud of and then the next two I'm like it, it just they're they're getting better all the time. And I've more I'm more balls, you know, where before when I like we send out emails and chat the labels and stuff. Kind of like, here, I would love you to sign my track. And now I'm more... Here, this track deserves to be on this label. This is perfect fit for your label. I don't... Yo. Normally, like labels get sent thousands of emails a day. Probably more. Probably 2,000 emails a day. All the same shit. Listen to my track. It's the fucking best thing in the world. I emailed the label yesterday. One of the biggest labels in probably the world at the moment, I would say. And it's my... Not... It's a track that I had kinda of earmarked to go out in August. And uh, I just emailed him. I says, Here, long story short, this track here is perfect for your label. It deserves to be on your label. And I think that you really need to listen to it and give it a good, you know, give it a good rattle. And I think this track can go really big. I think it can chart. I think it can get played in all the big radio stations around the world. I really think this track could hit a couple of million streams. And I've sent tracks to this label before, never got a reply, and I got a reply in about four minutes. Fuck. And he said, I've uh, forwarded this on to my uh, business partner, and he's going to have a listen, and if he digs it, he'll get back to you. If he doesn't, you know the crack yourself. And I was like, right, fair enough. That's it. Fucking the door. You know who I am now. You've seen my name
1: yeah that's a, that's a big that's a big step and i'm sure they'll get a restraining order for you soon with all i will
0: they will have to because i might just create a music label and rip their name off change a few letters i
1: think that's <laughs> fucking quality but it shows you it's, it's that wee small touch it's just like we went over in the previous ones about backing yourself and sort of going yeah this is fucking, this is, there's no stone left unturned here. It's not 50%. It's not 80%. It's not 90 It's. It's all in. And I think, like, whenever you dive into that, like, do you think with that work Like, I'm going to redive it. I think that's very interesting because a lot of people don't know what way that works. Like, people just assume you pop it up on YouTube and it just gets I, fucking, thousands of views and then it either goes viral or it doesn't like a TikTok. But, do you think, like whenever I sort of want to ask stuff, I just will dive in it. Do you have like a five-year or ten-year goal or like an end goal or do you have like where you want to go?
0: Yeah, well, I want to, I want to be played on, my my next goal, my main kind of thing is I want to be played on Radio 1. Like, I don't listen to Radio 1. I think Radio 1's absolute fucking shite. But, it's still the place you need your track played.
1: I was supposed to say that because Radio One, like a Friday, a Friday night, like Mister Jam, or is that Saturday, whatever. Miss, like, yeah, that's good. I quite enjoy that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, like, I, I want, my, I want, I want Scott Mills to play my song on Friday, Floor Fillers. I want Mister Jam to play the song on a, on a Saturday, and I want, I, I just want to play it. Played. I want that's my goal. I don't care if it's played and people go online and go that song's fucking shite. I don't care. I just, I've set that target. I want Radio 1. I want Kiss FM as well. But that, they kind of, if you get on to Kiss, then hopefully then you'll get on to Radio 1. You know, it's kind of like that's the scale. You're scaling up all the time. Like last night, Friday night, DJ Hicks played my new track inside. Love Hicks. He's one of the nicest men in the industry. And he's a big supporter of mine. Tonight, today's Saturday. Tonight it's going to get supported in... To two or three of the biggest Irish radio stations in the south, got a heads up that's happening. Their goals that I I set out for the track. I wanted some, I want the DJs like I'll never call in favors. Like I'll never say here, lad, play this. I'll give you X amount because that happens. Like you you know, there's there's DJs that will pay PR companies a big amount of money to guarantee them plays on radio stations to guarantee them streams. You're buying fans. Like I know boys. I know DJs that could have millions millions of plays on their Insta- on their Spotify streams. Uh say 250,000, 300,000 monthly listeners on their in- on their Spotify. And they will never attract more people to a club than I will. And that's a fact of life and that's where you know there's something wrong. If you have 250,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and you can't attract 200 people to a nightclub, there's a problem somewhere. There's there's a breakdown somewhere. And people are getting smarter than that. It used to be back in the day if you got signed a label or, or put a song out, say, on Spinning Records, which is one of the biggest labels in the world, you were guaranteed a couple of grand fee and you were guaranteed gigs anywhere. Doesn't matter where it was. Now it's all different. Now they're looking at it like their algorithms on Instagram. They've got X amount of followers. They can attract these people. I know boys on Instagram with 200,000 followers, DJs, that couldn't sell a ticket. In Ireland because their their fans aren't engaged at what they're doing. I'm lucky enough. I have fifteen, whatever, thousand. Um majority of them are DJs because DJs like to be a wee bit nosy of what I'm doing. Not in a bad way, they just like to keep an eye on me. Um then we then you have people that would be just friends and people then just from gigs. But I've always been lucky enough that people People enjoy going to my shows, they enjoy going to my gigs, they enjoy watching my live streams, they enjoy listening to my music. And they support, like, a, a very supportive, like, people that come to my gigs. Like, guy, had a guy come up to me, freshers, refreshers, freshers, refreshers, I think it was freshers. And he goes, lad, I've been to five-year gigs this week. I was like, what? And this was at the weekend in fucking Oma and Sally's. And he's like, I've been to five-year gigs this week. He goes, I've seen you more this week than I've seen my girlfriend and my parents combined.
1: I was about to say, I thought it, was, I thought it might have been your mum or something. No,
0: a, a fella, a boy from the Moy, and he goes, I swear to fuck, he goes, I've seen you Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday today. He That's goes, I've been sucking. to five-year gigs this week. He goes, I swear to fuck, Isaac, like, you're not sick of looking at me. He goes, you know what? I He goes, I've just realised, like I didn't realise until tonight, and like, here's fucking Mickey Cunningham. And that's what I, I like that's where I like that's the other thing that I have to be very careful of is people getting sick of uh of seeing me because I a lot of the same sort of areas, catchment areas would try to book me for clubs, so I do exclusives. So in 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 mid Ulster I'll only be playing Secrets and Marafeld. In Tyrone, I'm only playing Sally's. In Belfast I play a few venues. Student venues in Belfast, I play the Hatfield. That's my spot. In and around the like, European kind of catchment area, I do the burn. That's my place. In Donegal, I do Pulse I? That's my place. That's my exclusive. Donegal, the only place you'll see me is the Pulse. Down further down south, Waterford and Dungarvan. That's my spot. That's where you'll find me. Creation Dungarvan is anybody in that area. What is it? South, southeast. That's where you'll find me. A you'll find me with puck up. You'll find me on the boat parties. You'll find me at Eden for Wonderland, and then you'll find me at Ocean Beach for House in Paradise. They're the only place you'll find me in Ibiza, because I don't like to dilute myself too much. Where people are going, fuck! I'm sick of listening to that cunt. Because it it is very easily it can very easily happen, but I also like to build bonds with the venues. Yeah. And you can't really do that if you're you're actively going against them. So if they're paying me paying me a good amount of money to attract people to their venue on Saturday night, it'd be a decade for me to the following Saturday to be in their rival club trying to take money out of their pocket again. I don't I don't believe in that. I believe in growing brands together. So if it's you know if it's me and Secrets or me and Sallys, we grow together. The better they do, the better I do. The more I can help them, the more they'll in turn help me. And yeah. anyway, you know, uh, any brand that I work with as a DJ, if they ever ask me for any help, you nor know, any like any tips of what what to do, I'll be forthcoming away from my my side business, and I I'll always try to help them because I'm invested in that helping. You know, it can't just be a win win for me. If I, if they book me to pay a gig and it's a shit crowd. You no, know, the things happen and you I do feel crap about it. But if like I've had venues trying to book me before and pay me a decent amount of money, but I know I don't work in that area. Like I, I think it was a it was a, like a way a place way down in the arsaw of Donegal. And I played it a few times for them, didn't like it, wasn't busy. Um but I, I guess the owner of the whole venue met him afterwards and he was like, Oh, we'll get them next time and a real nice man, like I mean fucking salt of the earth fella. I was just like, you know what? I was like, you could pay someone half of what you're paying me, a quarter of what you're paying me, and they'll do the same job. You know, they mightn't just, just mightn't be as good musically, but they're gonna attract the same amount of people and you're gonna you know, you're losing money by booking me. And I was like, I just don't work down in this area. It's it's like you no, know, it's not it's not the sort of venue that I'll work in. And he's like, No, 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 we'll stick to the guns, we'll get them, we'll get them. But me from a business hat on, I'm like, this just isn't smart. So, I kind of a near i at by the end of it, I got him talked around of not paying me money, <laughs> which I don't know why I did that, but not pay me money, and I found them dJs that I believe are on their way up and at a good price point for him, and more localized to him because I knew that they needed someone local, they needed someone local that could have feet on the ground and say to everybody they met this week, "Here, get to this venue Saturday, get this venue Saturday, get this venue Saturday."
1: yeah, no, I think that's you get what you give yeah you, but you went you went down a rabbit hole so like where do you see yourself in a couple of years i asked you that i i know we dive back into like the club thing because I, I think that's so interesting because it's it's not something anybody has an idea how it works like nobody yeah. really knows that unless you're in the inside it's the same as like coaching and stuff but like where do you see yourself in like five ten
0: see to be honest if you would ask me this five ten, years ago the tenth of March. I would have, uh, I would have had a different answer. That's the truth. Now, if you asked me this in the tenth of March, it would have a different answer. Five years' time, I want to, have, as I said before, I want to have been played in Radio One. Well, not even five years; fucking three months' time, I want to have been played in Radio One. Five years' time, I don't know. I've got my artist coaching program, which I'm in the middle of redoing, so it's to help up and coming DJs, um, with their marketing and with you know building a real brand and just tips for success and. I'll be relaunching that at some stage. Um, i done done test, test program last year with a good few DJs from Northern Ireland, Ireland, Scotland, and they'd never played clubs before. And every single one of them now is playing in clubs. So yeah, I've that there, but in five years, I see, it's such a dynamic, ever-changing playing field because one minute, like, house music's at Salt of the Earth, the next minute it's EDM, the next minute it's this. Um, I just want five years' time to be comfortable, happy, wherever I am. I don't know where, if it's Belfast, if it's fucking America. I don't know. I want to travel more. I just want to have more fun. You know, I think for a a long time, the fun wasn't there. I was, like, just, you know, working too hard on things that I shouldn't be working on, trying to make things work that were never going to work. And I lost kind of my way, the fun way. So now it's more about I don't take it all as serious now and I'm like more here, if if that song feels it feels, fuck it. You just didn't like it. That's okay. Whereas before it would have been like, oh fuck you, He's like you just don't have a clue. No.
1: Yeah, no, I think see the f- the fun thing, that's something where I've worked so hard before and I've actually pulled the joy out of my like my life stages, because you know, you're working so hard and you're you're so focused on end result rather than actually enjoying the fucking process and actually getting a bit of crack. Yeah, like a bit of laugh like, and I think that is so so important. So sorry not I mean I interrupt you, but no, I think it's it's like
0: we'd always love fuck off money, like so we could just you know, literally fuck off money. But I'm not really driven by that. I'm I'm as long as I don't have to worry about a direct debit coming out of my account. As long as if yes. I decide I want a pair of Yeezys tomorrow, sweet, I'm a t- sneakerhead. If I want to buy a pair of Yeezys tomorrow, bang, I'm buying them tomorrow. I don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. I'm kind to no. people, like, I'm kind to my friends. I'm kind to, you know, people, I'm not, I, I don't need millions. Do I want millions? Yeah, fuck, who doesn't? But as long as I don't have to worry and go from paycheck to paycheck, like, the whole industry at the minute's fucked. Like, it's gone. You went from, here out on the table, you went from making thousands a week to zero. <laughs> like to zero overnight Like I mean Fucking zero From thousands a week To zero This is what It was like when the Wall Street crashed In money and films I watched Just literally <laughs> Them boys went from Fucking walking to work uh, Gucci suit You Fucking To fucking Jumping out the window <laughs> Literally putting Their fucking monitor Through the window In Wall Street And jumping From 200 stories up that's that's the way I was chatting to a guy the other day. And I was like, that's like what happened to this industry. You went from making thousands every week. Week on week on week on week. To fucking nothing. And for some people, they won't be able to, to grasp that. Or it'll fucking blow their mind and they'll, they'll lose the plot. But I was smart about it and I saved a bit. Now, saying that, the savings are getting fucking tight. Because... It's, we're on, what are we on, fucking three months now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're well into three months now. You're well into three
0: months. Did I curb my spending in these three months, Tony? No, I didn't. Should I have curbed my spending a wee bit more? (laughs) Yes, I should have. Am I worried? No, I'm not. Because I'm an industrious person. One of my first residencies that kind of helped me make my name, I couldn't even afford to drive to that gig. I had no money. Cause I done the stupid thing and give up a job because I hated it and I wasn't I was on I was unhappy. And all I needed to do was keep the job that extra week. Or actually do my lying week. So then they would pay me my fucking money. But nah, I had to go out in a blaze of glory. And I had to so I had to make money to to get enough fuel for that Saturday. So, I sold a few, uh, what was it now? Uh, uh, external hard drives and music on it for DJs. So, I put up in Gumtree and went and got external hard drives out of Curry's and filled it full of music that I thought DJs would want. And I sold, in four days, I sold like 10 of them. And that gave me enough money to go down and play this trial gig at a club. And after that trial gig, I got a residency for a about three and a half years until I stopped the residency myself but yes. I, I could never have got that like I had literally no money to put into my car
1: see I think that's very like whenever I hired my first online coach I, I didn't have money for it so I had to ask my dad for a land of money Like I had to go and get that. I think it was three hundred and sixty pound or something at the time. I was only like seventeen or something. Maybe I was younger, and I really wanted to learn. So I remember going to him and being like, "I need that," and he was just so so against it. And eventually, I persuaded him around it, and I did pay him back every fucking penny. I think we actually agreed to pay him back four hundred because he thought it was that much shit. But a case of Joe, I I get one hundred percent where you're coming from there. Like it's,
0: it's having the drive. Like last summer in Ibiza. We were at High Ibiza, which is probably, it's number two club in the world, I think. Went to see Idris Elba play, and David Guetta was in the other room. And I was sitting there going, this is the fucking, like, this is the dream. Look at him doing this. This is the dream. And the people with me wouldn't be very clued up in the scene. They were like, why why do you not play here? I'm like, fuck, why do I not play here? Like, it's, it's fucking High Ibiza. It used to be Space Ibiza. It was the most famous nightclub in the world. And he was, they were like, but why, why do you not play here? You're as good as him. Like, ah, it doesn't matter if I'm as good as fucking Idris Elba. Idris Elba's fucking one of the biggest movie stars in the world. You know, he sells tickets and now and he is a class DJ. And he goes, well, I don't know. And they were like, I don't know. Yeah, I think you could play here. I was like, I just was laughing you, are fucking nutcases. Like, it just doesn't work. You can't just rock up the high bifa. So the next day I was sitting at the pool and I was wondering, I was like, I'd love to play in high hey, beefa. I'd love to play in it and then knew a contact that knew a contact so I was like I wonder if I'll send an email and I was like nah won't send an email got home that whatever day I got home and I was walking across I was out to do my 10k steps as Tony prescribed and <laughs> I said fuck it so I sent an email to this guy and says here just back to my beef was at high what's the chances of you getting me an email address of someone in high that I could sort of try to get a gig but I wrote back I was like here I'll take a look um we're programming Tuesdays at high at the wild corner but I don't know we have no like we have no slots open everything's booked out for the full year as you can you know because wild wild corner at high is the most iconic club and experience in the world it is a nightclub in the toilets so you give people like David Guetta plays there, Fatboy Slim plays there, Idris Elba was playing there, MK was playing there, like you have the biggest people in the world playing there. And he goes, Sure, spooked booked out, you know, so it'll never happen. And that was, uh, I think that was a Friday. I got a phone call on Saturday night from your guy going, I've just got a cancellation for Tuesday night. Can you be in Ibiza for Tuesday night? For high, to play high, to play Wild Corner. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. No bother. I was flying to Ibiza that later that week anyway for a gig. So I flew out on the Tuesday morning Played high that night Flew back to Ireland on the Wednesday Played a gig in Sally's on the Thursday I Flew back to Ibiza on the Saturday Played Ibiza a Saturday night and Sunday And then flew back to Ireland on uh, Sunday night The gig in beef on the Sunday was during the day Yeah um, fuck- I forgot to tell my mum That I was in Ibiza <laughs> And someone told her in her work sure, You're Michael's in Ibiza playing? No, no, he's in Belfast He's in Sally's on Thursday, sure they were like, "Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's in the beef all week because they don't, they don't, don't understand that you can, you can literally just fly back and forth." Um, and you know, he was definitely in Sally's on Thursday night, I definitely see it, see that. And then she asked me, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I was in the beef on Tuesday, and came back Wednesday morning, and I was in the Saturday, and came back Sunday evening." And she just shook her head, and walked away. Just like I tell, it just keep us, keep us updated of your location and future.
1: Oh well, that's Alicia Keys. Aye, oh aye. Yeah, I would say we'll 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 wrap it up there. We'll we'll ask one more question, and this is probably why DJ, like why music, why is that just always where the passion's been, or yeah, always.
0: Um, like if people like how did that start? See, from a young age, I always loved music, especially because mm-hmm. you know when you're when you're really young, like the first place you would hear music's in the car. So I always was in the music, but I was always in the making CDs for people. You know, putting tunes on or making tapes for people. I was always into that, but I was always fascinated with DJing. I was always fascinated. Love mixes. Not even love. Well, not even love mixes. <laughs> but your child, like, like when I was young, I was into like Nirvana, and Blink One Eight Two, and like random music that people would never associate with me, because I'm I'm such into dance music and the dance music scene. Like Brian Adams is one of my favorite singers. But I was always the person that would make CDs. I was always the person that would, you know, make tapes. And then in Oma, back in, like, this is when I was, like, too young. Like, I, had, I was the eight-year-old, the nine-year-old that was buying fucking rave tapes. Like, <laughs> I was buying, like, not even Scooter. Scooter would have been fucking commercial. X-Ray and Binman and Tizer. Like, hardcore rave tapes. Cassettes. And I'd be buying them and going to listen. Or in the old radios, you'd be, like, fucking scrolling through the channels, and you'd find, like, Dance Music Channel. You'd be like, Jesus, what the fuck's this? And that's what kind of got me, and then there was, like, boys from Ireland, like, doing really well, like, Fergie and stuff. And it was local boys, like Hugh McMenamin, putting on these t- trance nights, and it was just enthralled by the whole DJ thing. Didn't realise in the wildest dreams that you could actually make money doing the shit. I just thought these were boys out playing music. So that's what kind of got me into loving DJing, and I was always drilled into me from a young age from school that DJing couldn't be a career. Like I remember teachers saying you can't be a DJ, like it's fucking stupid. But I was lucky enough that I had a, <laughs> I was lucky enough that I had a headmaster who had a son who was a fucking DJ traveling the world, traveling like he was doing tours of. He was a he was big name in Ireland, but he was a huge name in Asia, like a fucking world beater in Asia. So he was like, no, no, you do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. Don't listen to them. You know, they don't understand. They think you have to go down that academic career. So he was always, like, even though, like, a principal shouldn't be going against the teachers, he was like, here, don't listen to them. They haven't a clue. My son is making more money than I am. <laughs> and I'm a fucking principal of a of a massive school in Oma. And he's, a, he's just a DJ. I still get that now. Like, I come down to go down to all the time to see my parents, and people be like, oh, in the shop. It's always in the shops. Oh, you still that old DJing? Geez, you never grow out of that, old will And then when you come out of the shop and I get into my car, which is a pretty nice car, people are like, fuck, how do you afford that? Like DJing. Oh. Then they fucking look at you like you have 20 heads. <laughs> they don't they don't I don't know if it's they don't respect it or they don't understand it, but especially from a small town, you'll get it the same way as with your profession. People don't realize that you can it, just because it's not a normal nine to five. It's not that people go, "Well, that's not a career. That's not a career. It's not real, is it? It's not a real hobby." Like, like people like even there as far as influencers, people go, "Sure, how can they make money from that?" Like you're like it's a brandy, like fucking, they're making a lot of money for putting out that post saying this shit will get your teeth white.
1: Yeah. You know, and then
0: yeah. you're coaching people the same. Going, "I," but you don't actually physically coach somebody. You're like, "Yeah," but I re the rule book. You know, we changed the rule book. Like back in the day when I first started DJing, you were lucky to get fifty quid a night. Now, like, uh, you wouldn't even I wouldn't even play a song for fifty quid, not one single song. <laughs> Would
1: you three. play your own song for fifty quid.
0: Aye, I, I wouldn't even play my own song for fifty quid if you t- if you worked it out like.
1: <laughs> That's fucking madness. Uh, I think that's a good note to leave it on. We'll not dive in anymore because I'm. That's a nice, nice touch and base. We haven't went too deep. We've been nice. We haven't went straight in the back passage with you. It's been nice, pleasant.
0: You haven't. So, you haven't given me any shit either. As much
1: as. No, well, I called you scruffy at the very, very start. I thought I, well, I, that's see, I was true. trying to. Get, no, that's true. Okay. Trying was... to. Trying to open you up there, you know, Trying to get to your soft side. I didn't want to be too harsh, and you <laughs> curl up into the protective ball. I'm trying to peel you back like the onion that you are, you know. Oh, and if i slag you you're just gonna bring up fucking plumbing again so we'll call our quits there uh look unless there's anything you want to add mickey no no all good um book me for your garden
0: parties virtual events if you want we'll verbally
1: don't if he's more than 50 quid a song fuck that <laughs> uh, all in pleasure thank you for everybody listening uh all the likes the shares it does mean a lot uh, thank you for everything and yeah tune in next week we're doing one a week none of this two a week stuff it's too much and i actually have a life rather than talking shite so yeah hope you're good thank you for listening